Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben, and in this episode of the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast, we're talking to fellow BJJ practitioner and founder of Aussie Manufacturing Business, Ugly Drum Smokers Australia. That's right, we're talking to Adam York. This is the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast with your host, Ben Arnott. How long has it been since your last confession? Adam, it's great to see you, mate. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Ben. Really appreciate it. Mate, look, I'd, I really appreciate it. I understand that this weekend is particularly uh, significant for you, and so I'd, I appreciate you taking some uh, some time out to, to hang out and talk barbecue with me. No, I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, uh, I, I mentioned right at the, st- uh, at the top of the uh, intro there that you are a fellow BJJ practitioner. So we'll just, uh, yeah, just spend a couple of minutes and we'll just have a little BJJ yeah. chat before we get into the BBQ chat. Yeah, why not? That's awesome, man. Yeah. And congratulations on your purple belt again. That, that's a massive achievement. So hats off to you. Thank you. Yeah, it's a lot harder to do this at 42 than it was when I was 22. But um... <laughs> Yeah, I, I find now because I'm 44 that I no longer bounce. I just break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, there, there's no bouncing. There's just a little bit of bending and then snapping. That's exactly right. You've got to tap early. <laughs> exactly, yeah. The, the, the power of the tap can't be underestimated. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so tell me, man, what was the last thing that you barbecued? Um, the last thing was I just did it the other day. Um, oh, I've got me up going all blank. Just did a video of it. Um, I think it was four. Can't remember. I've gone. I've gone all blank. Sorry. Um, I just did a video. Um, I was using what was I using? I was using the natural wood um, pecan, um, the charcoal king's charcoal. But for the life of me, I've forgotten what I was doing. I think actually, I don't know. I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's really bad. I only posted it the other day too, but I guess I'm on the spot now, and I've just gone drawn a blank. It'll probably come back to me in about ten minutes, and then I'll be go. Ah, oh, that's what it was. Well, look, that's all right. That's okay. That's okay. Now, I, I mentioned um, that, that this weekend is, is important to you as a, as a practicing Christian. So I, I, I do take yep. uh, um, great, great appreciation for you spending some time here with me. Can you tell us mm. some or, or, or give us some ideas of some, some Easter recipes that, that you'd normally get up to on your, on your uh, drum smokers? I just remembered it was lamb shanks. So that was the last ah, thing. Ah, there I you did. go. <laughs> that's right. Lamb shanks. So. Um, yeah, I cooked lamb shakes up the other other night. Um, but yeah, I, look for Easter. Um, a lot of people say, "Oh, you have to have fish on Friday." Um, uh, I don't. I don't. That's not true. I, I've never seen that. I don't think that's really scriptural. So I had um, uh, Scotch fillet for dinner on Friday, and um, I'll probably try and do some lamb racks on Sunday. But um, yeah, um, yeah, I'm not too um, fussed with the fish on Friday, although I do like fish. So I'm lucky I live near the coast, so I can go fishing and catch um, fish quite often. So I'm quite lucky in that regard. But, um, yeah, Easter recipe, whatever you like, you know, whatever you want to smoke or barbecue, as long as, I guess, you're with friends and family and um, in, in sharing the food. I think that's what it's all about. You know, food brings people together. So, yeah, the more the merrier. Exactly, yeah, uniting the people by breaking the bread and all that. Absolutely, <laughs> and getting the barbecue out. Exactly, yeah, yeah. It's not a it, it's not a long weekend in Australia unless there's a barbecue involved. Hundred <laughs> percent. So, what is your your favourite food to barbecue? Then, is it fish? You just um, we're, we're talking about going fishing, and 
catching the stuff live? Yeah, fish is good. I like fish. Um, I've done a bit of it. I've done some um, salmon over the uh, on the UDS, which turned out really well. And that was a recipe I saw from another guy on Instagram. Um, but I guess I'll probably do mostly um, pork um, and, and beef, I guess. Um, bit of lamb. My, my daughters love lamb, so I try and do a bit of lamb. But I guess pork and beef because normally when I when I crack the the drum out, I've got people coming over and and you know everyone loves pulled pork or pulled beef or, or you know everyone's like oh brisket. So you know it's usually something a big slab of protein um, just for everybody. So yeah, something really nice and large. So it's impressive when you open the lid and lift it out, and it's you know. Hanging yeah, down like that. Yeah, ooh, uh, yeah, ooh, and they see the bone come out, you know, clean, like, ooh, that's awesome. And I'm like, yeah, it's okay. I'm not that good, but I can take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good stuff, man. So obviously your, your favorite barbecue would be a uh, ugly drum smoker. Now, do you have a particular yeah. grill that you use or do you have like a multi-level grill on your UDS and you just drop that down lower onto the coals? There are, there are several levels in there. Um, at the moment, I'm just using a Weber-style round grill, um, but I've got my own grills that have been laser cut, um, <clears throat> and same as the deflectors. So I have a deflector above the charcoal basket, and then there's a couple of levels inside uh, that you can put the you can put one or two baskets inside um, grills inside. Yeah. So I normally oh, okay. just cook on the top level. Yeah. Rightio. So like like even if you're doing a steak or something, you just throw a steak on the top level and it's hot enough from underneath? Uh, if you do a reverse sear with it, um, certainly bring it up to a temperature, then have something uh, flat. So I'd probably, if I wanted to do it over the charcoal, I'd get the charcoal basket out and you can do it over that. Or if I've got um, the gasser going, you can have a really hot hot plate and, and finish it on that. Um, so yeah, you can crank it right up, um, but I, I tend to just use it for low and slow. <clears throat> Yeah, fair enough. So tell me, how did you get into barbecue? Was it something that your family was always into or did you discover it sort of later in life? Um, I, was, I was looking over some of your past podcasts and, and thinking about that question and it came probably from two, um, two parts, probably from my, one from my dad's side, from my nonna, my dad's Italian, from my nonna and the other from my, my pop on my mum's side. Um, I remember as a kid, my pop had an old, brick barbecue back in the days of the incinerators in the backyard and um nearly every weekend we'd spend with my nan and pop and my pop would always be cooking the barbecue but it was a wood barbecue so you know you have to feed it the, the wood and the smell of the of burning wood even today and, and you know and meat it just takes me back to being a kid and with my nonna um i'd go see my nonna and she'd make polenta she had um another better brick sort of barbecue that she had she'd feed wood and she'd be out there hours just cooking this polenta and i used to just be fascinating watching it standing there watching it you know as a little kid make the polenta you know and i just you know couldn't wait for it to be made <laughs> so i guess it kind of started there cooking over fire as a little kid because it just the smells and, and hearing the fire and, and tending to it just brings back so many memories as a kid yeah it's actually funny that you mentioned those old brick incinerators i remember having one of them in the in the early 80s and we'd actually um, yeah. burn off all our household rubbish and then once all That's that was it. burnt and gone, 
then Dad would make us run around the yard and pick up all the sticks and things that had fallen out of the trees and <laughs> yeah. run around, shove them in, and then he'd cook the food on top of the on top of where he'd just burnt off all the household garbage. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly right. I hadn't seen one for years and years and years, and then we, we got to know the lady that lived over the fence here, and she said, "Oh, you're into barbecue. You should see what's in my backyard." And there was a there was one of those old incinerators still sitting in the in the backyard, the old brick incinerator style barbecue, and unfortunately, the oh, the owner cool. sold the house, and uh, and uh, the incinerator got uh, removed for a pool. Oh, that's no good. <laughs> yeah, should have jumped there and said, "I'll take that." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what is it that that motivates you in in barbecue? Are you a are you a competitor? Are you looking to to win trophies are you uh, i mean you, you you're obviously a, a manufacturer and we're going to talk about that a bit later on but what sort of what motivates you in the world of barbecue um i've never been in a comp um one i don't have any sponsors i couldn't afford it and um with the you know with kids at home and stuff like that full-time work i don't know if i'd have the time um i guess i just like helping people and just want to share um uds with people um, I get lots of questions about, you know, building them and the food and stuff like that. So I guess the motivates me is, um, one, I enjoy it and um, I enjoy talking about it and sharing it with other people and helping people as much as I can. So I guess that's the motivation. Yeah, that's certainly a great motivation. Barbecue can do a lot of things to help a lot of people. Do you, mm. um, do you get into much catering stuff? No, um, I've, got a, I've got a mate that has a food truck. Um, he, he do, he, an Indonesian food truck, and I see him slogging it out. Like, and they produce some fantastic food here on the south coast of New South Wales. But um, the thought of you know doing that it's such hard work, and I don't know. Like, I'm not confident in myself to be able to do that. I, I'd happily help somebody and work for somebody that that would do it, but I don't know. <laughs> It'd probably be too much for me. It is awfully long hours, isn't it? I've um, huge, I've actually huge commitment. Yeah, I've I've pulled a couple of shifts helping out some friends from time to time, and that's that's a long day. <laughs> yeah, it's Fine. huge, and and with with the family and stuff, it just wouldn't be sustainable. Like it'd be awesome to do it, something that I could turn up to and work on and go home, and somebody else has all the stress involved with it. That'd be fine, but uh, yeah, I'm happy just to kick back and make smokers and help people do it themselves. Yeah, yeah that's that's great stuff, man. So you um. You obviously really love uh, love the world of barbecue, and you just said that you're on the south coast of New South Wales. For some reason, I, I, I had it in my head that you were virtually neighbours with Dean Monk up in Cairns. So I don't know, I don't know why I had that yeah. in my head. But um, t- tell us about <laughs> that'd the be, scene. That'd be good. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I, I was just saying, tell us about the scene in uh, on, on the south coast of New South Wales. Yeah, look, I've only been here for two years. I moved from the Southern Highlands after. Um, where I was working uh, closed, so I had to move to another location. Um, but it's great. I've been coming down here since I was a kid with my mum and brother and sister. Um, we, we had a caravan actually just down the road at, at Dolphin Point. And, um, yeah, so coming down here, it was really nice sea trip. We, we left um, an acre and, and um, nothing but bush in the backyard to having just the ocean now just down the road. Like, you know, we could walk to the beach from here. So <clears throat> it's really, really nice. Um, different nice to being in the bush but um yeah there's um there's nobody down here as such there is uh i think it's two smoking barrels there a food truck and restaurant but they're 
probably about an hour and a half nearly uh, of Wollongong away from me. Um, mm-hmm. But that's that's one really good um, barbecue uh, restaurant and food truck. So, yeah, if you ever see them, definitely stop in and grab some food off them. Really great blokes and uh, great food. So, but yeah, that's about it really that I know of. Oh, okay, because yeah, there's um, are, are you near sort of Kangaroo Valley or are you is that too far north? Of yeah, so Kangaroo Valley is like yeah, it's probably about an hour an hour and 20 from me. So I do know that they have the festival at, at Kangaroo Valley. So I was going to go up there um, when it's on, um, but everything that's been going on, it's been really difficult to get around. So next time I'll, I'm going to pop up there. I won't be competing or anything. I'll just be a punter like, you know, everybody else and just walk around and say good day and eat everyone's food and then go home happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure if you wanted to, uh, to, to, to join in a team, someone would adopt you. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to help out. Um, I happily, you know, even can just cut parsley or whatever. Wash dishes and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, Mate, I, I, I'll do anything. I tell you what, I know, I know two guys that jumped on a plane in Brisbane and flew down to Sydney and then rented a car and drove to Kangaroo Valley just to wash dishes. So oh, legends! That's how much people want to get into Kangaroo Valley. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful down. Absolutely stunning down there. So um, beautiful part of the world. Yeah, yeah. Now we've we've got quite a few uh, uh, fisher people in our in our audience and that and we're just mm. getting a few sort of comments coming through that they're, they're uh, curious to know what your fishing rigs are like and 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 what sort of fish you're pulling out of your backyard ocean there uh well it depends where i fish one um two spots i go to it's part of the same beach and one end like the southern end i'll catch uh taylor or uh aussie salmon and um <clears throat> Always welcome, yeah. Um, Taylor or Aussie salmon, and at the other end, it's like Ludric or Brim or Trevally. Um, but yeah, a lot of people knock the Aussie salmon, but I actually quite like it. And I usually make um, like a Thai style fish cake with them. Um, they make nice um, beer battered um, fish cocktails, but I, I have a, a good recipe for um, Thai fish cakes that are that are really really good. So. Probably one of the best fish I, 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 you know, try and catch to use for that. If it's if it's brim or something like that, I'll, I'll cook it whole or something like that. But um, the Aussie salmon, it's it's pretty good and it puts up a pretty good fight too. So, and you just catch that off the beach in your backyard? Yeah, I'll, I go off the rocks. So um, there's rocks at either end of the you know the head of each beach, and so I'll just just cast off the rocks, not towards the horizon, but usually off to the side into the whitewash, and then I have like a a Paternoster rig set up, and um, I've got a mate, a South African mate, that's a mad fisherman, and like he, he's on uh, fishing boats and stuff like that. And um, he was absolutely mortified when I said I use chicken as bait, and he's like, "Nah, you can't have that." <laughs> but the chicken kills it; just absolutely kills it. Got a project you'd like to work on with the SHC team? Shoot Ben an email on Ben at smokinghotconfessions.com and let's have a conversation. Adam, we got you back. Yes, yeah, sorry about that. I don't know what's going on. The gremlins are into the internet at the moment, I think. Oh, it happens, mate. Don't even worry about it at all. So I was mm. just asking you about the, the Aussie salmon and why people knock the Aussie salmon. I think some people don't like um, the taste or that it might be too oily, but it's um, a fish that I, I want to try smoking. Um, as well because it has that oily content so it might be good to smoke as well so yeah 
That's what I'm going to try and do. I haven't done it yet, but something I'd like to do. I've been talking to some people lately about uh, various native uh, herbs and spices, like maybe perhaps lemon myrtle or something to cut through some of that oiliness might be nice on there. That's right. Yeah, my neighbour actually has lemon myrtle tree, so she's given us some, and that's yeah, absolutely, yeah, delicious. I'd like to give that a, give that a crack. Oh, very handy, very nice mm. indeed. Okay, yeah. so let's move on. Let's uh, let's have a chat about Ugly Drum Smokers Australia about your business. Right. Tell us how how all that kicked off. Yeah, so I, um, a group of my mates got together, and um, we'd always get together. But one of them, my mate. Judd, he had a mate named Calvin that used to go to Texas often and came back talking about these ugly drums that he saw over there. And so we were interested in it. And um, so we, we thought, you know, we'd, we'd build some ourselves and go and check out what Calvin was doing. And at the time, I'd taken a voluntary redundancy from work and um, decided to put myself through TAFE and learn how to do butchery. And I actually started volunteering at a, a butcher shop at Picton um, in New South Wales. They couldn't afford to put me on as an apprentice because I was mature age and uh, but I said well look don't pay me I'll just pay me by teaching me and and while well, I volunteer so I used to go in several days a week and um, did the butchery at um, Wollongong TAFE um, but I did the, only did the first year because the fees became astronomically high for some reason end up being about eight thousand dollars a year and we're only going to attend TAFE eight times a year so Rob Vargis the the head butcher said look don't worry about it and I just kept working at the butcher shop. I was there for about 18 months. And um, Calvin said, oh, can I have a brisket? And I was like, yeah, it's too old. No, no, I can cut these off. So I cut this whole brisket off for him, like the whole brisket. And at the time, nobody was really cooking brisket as such. And uh, I'm cooking this big brisket and he cooked it up and it was, it was really good. I'm like, oh, we've got to get onto this. So we just started, well, I started making them. And another, my mate Judd made one and then, my other mates were like, oh, that's great. So I started making friends, you know, ugly drum, like the drum smokers. And then another guy I know, I work with his dad, his name's Luke. He's, he's the one that actually started the Facebook page. And he was making one too. So we were talking about it and he started the ugly drum smoker page. <clears throat> and so, you know, we were talking about that and we were talking about making salamis and small goods and stuff. So I, I did a small goods course as well at, at TAFE. And eventually he got involved with... Um, double s double a and so he didn't have the time to put into the facebook page and i was doing a lot of the the meets and greets and content and stuff and i just said to him look you know do you mind if i i take over you know and he goes sweet you know he, he had heaps on his plate you know with the double s double a and running it and it's double s double a silverdale which is an awesome page and um he actually works out there at the range and uh yeah and that's how i got involved with the the facebook page and with the ugly drums then a lot of people on the on the page were talking about, oh, let's buy all these parts from the States, from UDSparts.com and, and stuff like that. And as things usually go, nothing ever happened and nothing eventuated. But I met a guy on there who's been a bit of a mentor for me, Stephen Powell from UDS Texas, Ugly Drum Smokers Texas. And so I've been talking with him for a long time now, many years now, and he's been a, a huge help for me um, just with ideas and, and encouragement and things like that. <clears throat> and um, help promoting as well over in the States. And um, so, yeah, we just back and forth our ideas and I share drawings with him and he, he shows me what he's doing. And yeah, he's been like a real mentor. He's an absolute champion of the bloke. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of where it kicked off. I just saw guys wanting parts and I, you know, I spoke with um, Justin Martin and Frank Cox, um, 
because Stephen got me in contact with them and um, I just couldn't afford to bring parts out out to Australia and I didn't want to copy their parts which are um, the smoker builder manufacturer they got the the round part of the round intakes and exhaust which like like gateway drums do which is why I went with the square because I, I don't want to copy what other people have done I want to be stand out and be unique and um, and I just thought you know it wouldn't be a polite thing to do to to rip off you know these big guys over in the states so I thought I'll go with the square and uh, I'll stand out and um, kind of do my own thing so and that's how it started yeah it, it wouldn't be polite to rip them off but it would be brave because I'd imagine that they'd have some pretty good lawyers over there <laughs> yeah I dare say they would and, and um, being you know, known worldwide, they probably would have a fair bit of pull too in that regard against the little, little Aussie, you know, on his own. So <laughs> I thought, yeah. uh, I'll, do my, I'll do my own designs. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I just got a couple of quick questions. What, what is double S double A? Sporting Shooters Association of Australia. So ah. anybody, that, uh, or, yeah. So anyone um, with long arms, like an AB license, um, is pretty much a member of the SSAA um, in Australia. So, so yeah, he, this out at Silverdale, there's a, a, a rifle range um, and Luke is one of the, I think he's one of the managers out there or I'm not sure, but he works out there and he, his Facebook page um, for Silverdale is, is awesome. There's a lot of great guys on there. Ah, <clears throat> oh, right. Yeah, okay. I, I was hmm. thinking it might have been a, like another smoker manufacturer or something, so he wasn't allowed to be promoting oh, no, no. drum smokers anymore or something like that. No, 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 it's all about shooting. So that's a another little hobby of mine is shooting as well. So, oh really? Are you a competitive yeah. shooter? Uh, not at the moment, um, but um, I, I shoot with the IPSC, so it's nine millimeter handguns, and they're the ones that shoot through doors and round things and different targets. And I'm also involved with um, the, it's a new it's single action shooting which is like the cowboy shooting. So it's all pre-1900s firearms. Um, so lever action 357 and revolver, single action revolver. So, you know, like the old cowboy, you know, you got to... Yeah. yeah, and lever action and double, double barrel shotgun, you know, pre-1800s style. Um, and the other thing is it's, it's huge in, in America and it's, it's getting popular here in Australia. There's a couple of clubs nearby that, that are actually involved with it, but a big component of it is also dressing up. You got to you got to dress in eighteen hundreds clothes. So, no. Yeah, it's absolutely. <laughs> if you just get on YouTube and type in cowboy action, and the ladies are out there with the corsets and the big dresses, and and they're like the ladies are just as competitive as the bloke. Like the the women are phenomenal. Like the speed with which they shoot and the accuracy is unbelievable. Um, so it's a massive thing and it's a big family thing too. So you get the kids out there and the, the guys are in cowboys or civil war stuff, anything from the 1800s they're in. So, and you have to have an alias and it's really, it's a really, really great community. So, Okay. You, you have got to get over to the Houston uh, barbecue competition as, as yeah. part of the rodeo, they bring out a cowboy show and the cowboys have they look like real handguns, but they just shoot little pellets and they put right. up a bunch of balloons around obstacles and they have to ride yeah. the horses around the balloon obstacles and shoot them. Have you seen that before? Oh, I watched Yellowstone, so yeah, I saw it on oh, Yellowstone. Okay. Yeah, so I haven't seen it in real life, just on TV, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that would be fantastic. 
Yeah, it's a, it, it's like a competition to see who can ride the horse the fastest around the obstacles and shoot the most balloons. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd love to get over to, to you know to Houston and get you know go, go to Texas because that's where um, Stephen's from, Stephen Powell from UDS Texas. So I'd love to get over there one day. I'm I'm doing my best to try and jump in the bag of um, Chris from the Smoker Baker because um, uh, Chris and Aaron are going over there, and I've just said, look, if you want me to carry your bags, you want me to be security, you want me to open doors, I don't care, you know, <laughs> just. Just get me in the bag and get me over there. <laughs> well, you are a BJJ practitioner, so you would make a good security guard. Uh, I'd do my best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, is there a um, – I, I didn't realise that there was such a big connection between Texas and ugly drum smokers. Is that because of, the, because of all the oil business over there? Are they like old oil barrels? Is that where it all started? I'm not, I'm not sure how it all started. I think it was just a – you know, a cheap way of cooking food, which is why it was ugly drum. It's become, they're, they're no longer ugly drums. Now, like, you know, some of them are works of art. Like you see some of the guys around Australia and some of the stuff in the States, like the ones that Stephen does, he's got Wi-Fi speakers on there and running water and all sorts of things and lights. And wow. Yeah, they're, yeah they're, they're really good. Like he produces some really good drums. Same as uh, Jonathan from Ugly Drum Smokers, Florida. He's got some beautiful drums that he makes. They're not ugly by any means, but, I think originally they were just any sort of drum that you could stick a fire in and just, you know, like just a poor man's smoker. And that's where the name Ugly Drum came from, I think. And um, it's just stuck, but they're no longer ugly. They they should be beady like beautiful drum smokers or something, you know, (laughs) because some of them are just stunning. Oh, we need like a, we need like an M at the end. Beautiful drum smoker. Machine. Yeah, there you Mates. go. <laughs> no, we, we, we better not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've actually got a, a, a little picture of one of yours here. It's your yeah. blue one with the, with the orange uh, trim. Tell us a bit about this one. Well, this is the latest one to go down. This one went to, um, to Dwayne. Uh, He's in there, and he has um, the Still Smoking Barbecue Supplies down in Canberra. Um, and a lot of the drums I, I try and, you know, Put them on the truck for freight but if someone's close enough and, and Dwayne was like i think three hours away so i said look i'll just deliver it to you i delivered my first drum actually to russ from natural smoke to south australia so my son and i actually drove to south australia to deliver the first drum um which was awesome fun but um yeah this was the latest one i delivered a couple of weeks ago and um has been just absolutely smashing it he's been doing some awesome cooks in it um, really nice guy, and he's also got, as I said, they're still smoking barbecue supplies online. So he sells rubs and 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 charcoal and stuff. And I actually picked up a bag of um, charcoal King's charcoal from him um, when I was down there. I, I dropped off the drum and bought a bag, and and um, <clears throat> yeah, it was good. But yeah, yeah it's, I think it's beautiful. Sorry. No, you go ahead. I was going to say it's it's probably one of the prettiest drums. Like the color combination, it's actually it looks a bit blue in the photo, but it's a, it's an aqua color, and the orange just pops, and it looks absolutely fantastic in in person. So um, yeah, everyone was coming. Even the painter was like, "Man, this looks good. <laughs> can I keep it?" Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but if you like, I can make one for you. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, I can do the same. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, what sort of like uh, customization um, has? Uh, has that gentleman picked for his smoker there? Um, well, all the drums I make are pretty much the same sort of style. The customization comes with uh, logos or teams or, or a theme that people want. So depending on what they want, um, I'll, I'll make it to suit them. So with, with Russ's one, um, 
I had his logo all laser cut individually and mounted on the on the front of the drum. Um, other guys, I've, like this one, I've got a high temp sticker on a, on a plate that is mounted on the drum. Um, it just depends on the theme that they want. So um, Russ, I got, he had um, timber handles instead of the spring handles and things like that. So just little things that will, and he also, had, I think he had a, an ax for a, a lid handle. So because of the wood theme that he has, you know, he, he sells the, the barbecue wood. So I just want to try and keep the theme to match his business. And that's what I try and do. Like if, if somebody's like butcher shops will get a meat cleaver or, or something that's personal for that drum. Um, and that's, that's what I try and do. Yeah, I actually um, interviewed uh, Russ. I think it must have been like a day or two after you dropped that drum smoker off to him. And he actually yeah. set that up in the background of his of his mm. interview and he was so chuffed with it. He was so proud yeah. of it. Yeah, well... It was wrapped up so tightly and, and my son and I, this was, we, there was a window, it was two years ago, there was a window where we could travel. So I was like, we're going. Yeah, I know had, I had a week set aside. So we're going, boom, got through all the borders and, and um, got there and, and back in time. And um, it's the only white one I've done. And I'm surprised, like, it's, it's still like looking as white and, and crisp as it did the dad limit. So I'm really, really happy about that. Yeah. Because it was the first one, so, you know, it meant something to me. Like, they all mean something to me because I, I put a lot of effort into them and um, want to make sure that when they're going out that they're, like, they're perfect. So. Well, I was going to ask about that. Like, being a, being a white smoker, I can't imagine it's going to mm. be clean for very long. Do you use a particularly, like, special, is it, like, oil-resistant paint or grease-resistant re- grease no, paint? It, or? It, it's a high-temp paint. Um, a lot of guys can paint them in in two pack, and um, and I, I I've been when I spoke to my painter about it, I said, look, I want to start doing you know different metallics and stuff like that. And he was an automotive painter, and he said, look, I don't know if that it will hold up for the temperature because you know you get to two hundred degrees plus. He said, he said it might still look good, um, but you'll notice that whites will start to yellow and, and colors might start to change, and the longevity of the paint might not it might not be as shiny. So he recommended going with the paint that we've got um, and people just pick the colour they want and we get it um, made in the high temp paint. Um, so it's up to two, like 200 degrees Celsius it's rated at, but it can go a bit past that because I've left the intakes open on my drum and it's gone way past that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I, when I finish and it's cool, I just clean it down with the Meguiar's Quick Detailer and um, just brings the shine back up. and. Um, yeah, my, my one's now two and a bit years old and it still is looking as awesome as the day it was painted. So, um, And plus I've got, I've got covers for them, so putting a cover on it. Mine stays outside on the, on the front porch and um, just put a cover over it and it's fine in the wind and rain and everything like that we've been having. So it's, it's good, still looking good. But I think it's because of the paint. And I also use a high-temp primer underneath it. So once they're sandblasted, um, I put a high temp primer underneath it. Some people say you don't need to, but for me, I, I just know that I've covered all bases and that way then there shouldn't be any failures with the paint. Um, yeah. From my end anyway. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now I, I can't see any, uh, any form lines in that, uh, in that drum there. So yours are made from tubing then not from like a 44 no, no. gallon drum. No, they are. It is a 44 gallon drum The I, I put the seam to the back. Um, which is on the opposite side, obviously, 
um, and there is one seam down the back. And uh, yeah, so I just use 44 gallon drum, a 205 liter drum. Oh, okay. I, I was talking about the the ridge around the middle. Oh no, no, there's no no ribs on these ones. So you you, you can get the smooth sided ones. You can get the ones with the ribs on the side. It really makes no difference. I just think that the the smooth sided ones make a, a nicer looking drum. But if people like my first couple of UDSs that I made for mates were all ribbed, and um, yeah, there's there's no no functional difference, just more of a visual difference. But the ribbed ones still look just as good when they're all done up. Mm, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, what you were saying about um, about the difference of temperatures and and just how high the drum smoker can go. Um, mm. My uh, friend of mine, when I was at uni, he had a, a just a forty four gallon drum he was using in his backyard just as a heater, mm. and um, he had this Alaskan Malamute dog, sixty five kilogram dog, and mm. um, unfortunately the dog passed away, and so uh, right. it it was. Uh, my friends, uh, he decided he was going to cremate the dog in the drum on the front yard <laughs> oh, um, no. and uh, and sit around and drink a bottle of rum by himself. And, of course, somebody called the fire brigade and the fire brigade turned up and he explained it all to them in tears and they saw how upset he was and they just sort of patted yeah. him on the shoulder and they just sort of sat around and watched the drum and made sure nothing caught on fire but let him continue his his tradition of cremating this giant dog in the drum. So oh, that's sad. bit of a grisly story, but drums can get really hot. So if can oh, you sear absolutely. a steak in a drum? Absolutely you can. Oh, absolutely. You absolutely could sear a steak in the drum. Um, you could get them so hot they would glow red, um, which are, it kind of defeats the purpose of blow and slow, but absolutely you could. Absolutely. We had a, um, we had a, uh, fireplace in our house growing up it was called a hot drum and it was a a 44 gallon drum that had had the front third of it cut off it was laid on its side it had four legs and a door cut into what would be the top but was now the front because it was laying on its side Mm. and a flue and uh my dad used because we we had uh, old iron bark trees around the farm and Mm. uh we used to get that really dense hard iron bark and my dad would build such a fire in that he'd turn off all the lights mm. in the house, and you'd see this black drum glowing red in the corner. Wow, wow, yeah, I think they sell kits now at Bunnings um, for those these um, slow combustion kits for the drums. So, yeah, absolutely, yeah, you get interesting heat out of them. Yeah, mm. yeah. Now, talking about kits, you don't just do whole drums; you do parts for the DIY lovers out there as well, don't you? I do, yeah. That's what started it all off. Um, I started with the parts and was um, making drums for friends and um, I really haven't advertised it that much, but um, I do make drums as well. But, yeah, it started with parts. So everything from from the cast amounts, intakes, exhaust, handles, um, the grills, deflectors, the charcoal basket, I make make all that myself and they're all my design. Um, I'm really lucky that I've got a really, really good mate um, that is a, an architect, and I do all my drawings. I started on on paper, then moved to cardboard and MDF, and see if it all works. And then I say, "Here, can you make this into a computer diagram so I can send it to the laser cutter?" And and that's I'm really blessed to be able to have you know he's, a, he's such a top mate. His name's Marco, and um, yeah, he's a really good bloke. <clears throat> so I'm really lucky to have him as a. And he's probably one of my best mates. So. Yeah, and and mm. all your uh, all your part designs and that they're all unique, as you said. They're um, different to what yeah, everyone else I, has I got try, out there. 
Yeah, I try to make my parts unique. There's something like you, you, an intake is an intake is an intake, but I try, I, I, as I said, do mine as square so it's not copying. Uh, my hinge, I have a bottle opener on the back. I mean, all hinges work the same. It's a curve, but I've, I, I've made it different. So it's got a bottle opener on the back. Um, handles are handles. But um, again, I didn't just get somebody's and copy it. I actually sat down and drew it and measured it up and then sent it off to get laser cut. <clears throat> so mm. and the car the cast amounts they're they're all mine. I, I've I've had this is on the third um edition of the cast amounts. I started off with one design that I didn't like and then I went to a second design that was a bit more flowing like the hinge. Um but I didn't like that either. I found that it could be a little bit weak and I had I sent uh, cast amounts out to mates that were building drums and said, Can you give it a test and see what you think? And then They'd come back and say, oh, look, this is no good, this is no good. So I end up getting it. It's three mil, one piece, and it's folded. Um, and the folding is actually stronger than the weld, so you could stand on it now. And you're going to break the caster before you break the cast amount or you'll dent the, the drum. So I'm pretty confident with that, the third edition now. So, Oh, mate, that sounds great. So people would be yeah. able to just order a whole kit and just have the kit delivered and then put a weekend aside and... Put it together. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I don't sell a kit as such on, like it's all through Facebook, but people have contacted me and said, look, I want a kit. And I go, sure, and I'll put it together for them and, and send it as one big kit. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you can do that and build it yourself if that's what you want to do. Or even if um, I always say to all the new people on the page, look, if you want to do it yourself and you got your own bits, then send me a million questions. I'm happy to answer it and you just build it yourself. There's no reason why. You can't build it yourself, but, you know, if you want a really good one, I'll build it for you. So. Oh, of course, of course, yeah. 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 But for the, for the diehard junkies, is it, it, like, is, it hard to, uh, is it hard to put one together? Look, to be honest, if you can use a drill and you've got a drum, then you've got a, a smoker. Um, yeah, you, you can just drill holes in the bottom and use magnets. You don't need an intake. Um, but, you know... It, that's how I started with my one. I just was um, just was looking at YouTube videos and bits and pieces and pieced it together and built my one. And from there, it's just got bigger and bigger. I've, I've, the one, I, the first one I built was really good. I actually went was going to meat stock. Meat stock had just started, so it was the second meat stock. I went there, and Mark Tyrrell was selling his um, Smartfire at at meat stock. And my mate well, Calvin, the, the my mate through my mate Judd, he come back with a this new view you know um stoker from the states i was like oh everyone's like oh look at this this is you know this is like you know something from the future and um, and uh, i was going to get one from the states but it was like so expensive but then my mate marco and i were actually at meat stock and uh, mark had set up a little stall inside and um we we're like picked his brain about what what's this thing you got this little red gadget and he showed us i went yep well i'll have one of them and marco was like yep i'll have one of them and so then i used the smart fire and that was that's been brilliant. I don't use it now um, because of the way I've got it set up, I, I don't need it. Really, the smart fire was just making up for my lack of knowledge and lack of ability, and um, it re works really, really well. It's a great bit of equipment, um, and guys still use it, you know, um, on their drums. I just don't use it anymore, um, but I've still got it. I'm not going to get rid of it because it is a good bit of gear. Um, but yeah, just that's it. You know, just learn from my mistakes and slowly got there. So anybody can really build a drum a drum smoker it, it's not some secret art yeah yeah but like you said if you want to 
if you want to keep it easy, just order the whole one from you. Well, yeah, the easiest thing is, yeah, just order one from me. You get one in um, eight to ten weeks. Because, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I put that time frame. It's usually quicker than that, but I put that time frame in because um, being, you know, I'm the only one here that does it. Um, I don't have a staff or anything. It's just me, myself and I. And then dealing with the painter and the plaster and other people, being a little guy, you get bumped back down the line when big businesses come in and say, oh, I need this done and that done. Well, that was um, something else I was going to ask. With all the uh, madness of the last two years, there's been a whole lot of supply issues. And I'd, I know mm. that you like to work a lot with, uh, with local businesses. So have you, have you had some, some difficulties there that you've had to overcome? Yeah, well, um, I do try and stay local and I do try and promote other small businesses um, that are, you know, like rub businesses and, and Russ with, with his wood, not that he needs promoting. He's, he's huge, so he's, he's doing great. But I do try and stay local and do try and promote uh, local uh, Aussie businesses. Um, so, yeah, trying to get, get in, you know, again, like with the painters and the laser cutters and, and stuff like that, there's a backlog. Um, even the even the sandblaster, um, he used to, I used to be able to just drop the drums off on a Friday and pick them up on a Monday, but he's got stuff that's backlogged and he's doing big jobs as well. So I just kind of like, yep, yeah, I know I'm a little guy. Um, I just you know pick it up when I can and I'll pester you every couple of days and say what's going on. So um, yeah, it does slow it down a bit, which um, look it can be frustrating. It's frustrating for me at times, but it's. I get more frustrated because I know that there's people wanting and waiting for them and I just not delivering them as quick as I want to deliver them. So, yeah, that's the hardest well, can... thing. And also, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, also, like, you get things back from the painter and there's a run and I'm like, I can't send that out. I, I, you know, I'm not going to send out something that I wouldn't be happy with. So, you know, it's got to go back and sand it and then it's like me going, hey, what's this all about? Fix this up. So, yeah, that, that takes time, unfortunately. But as um, Dwayne was saying, he was super patient with me. He goes, oh, perfection takes time. And I'm like, I'm so grateful you're so patient with me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all about uh, sort of working together and, and pulling together when you can. And I'd, I love that you're so passionate about uh, supporting fellow local businesses, man. That's great stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think it's important. Um, and I think going back to Russ and... When I went down and met up with Russ, that was the first time I met him. Like we spoke obviously a lot over the internet and um, him and his wife helped me a lot with, um, like Sarah helped me with stuff with um, websites and stuff, which I haven't, I haven't started a website yet, um, but they were great. So when I went down there, I actually met up with uh, Tom from Smoky Pastures. He came around with his kids and, and I had my son down there. So uh, all the kids were playing together and they're just such a community, like a real barbecue community down there in South Australia, which I think New South Wales could learn a lot. Well, it might already be happening here, but I, I haven't, I'm not a, that involved with it. Um, just a few guys around the joint. Um, so, but I really see there's a huge community. So I try and do my bit to, to try and improve that because I know how hard it is for me. So when there's other, other guys having a crack, I think, well, I just want to jump on and, and support you whichever way I can, whether it's just like, pumping their posts or sharing their posts or buying their stuff. I just want to try and help them because, you know, even if like, I don't do it to get anything out of it, I get satisfaction seeing other like mates doing really well. And um, that's something I'm really passionate about is just trying to help people be the best they can be. And um, so I get, I get a big kick out of 
pumping other guys up, you know, and, you know, people that are really having a good crack, uh, uh, you know, I get a lot out of that. <clears throat> That's beautiful, man. That's very well said. Listen, we're going to just take a short break and we'll be back in just a moment. Alrighty, folks, the cold weather is coming, but that doesn't mean you have to be cold on those long, dark nights out by the fire. We've got our winter merch now in stock. We've got our beanies. We've got our hoodies. Of course, we've still got our tumblers that are going to keep your hot drinks hot on those no- on those horrible cold nights. And if you're from far north Queensland, like uh, Dean Monk, who's putting about a million comments on this video here today, and it's uh, it's getting to that time of year where you've got to trade in the uh, the singlet for a cold weather t-shirt we got some of them for you as well so head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com slash shop there's a couple of ebooks in there you can check out as well there's that free one available as well you can pop your details in when that window appears and we'll send that out to you but yeah check it out each of those little sales helps us out a little bit helps us keep the lights on helps us bring the show to you and that's what we love to do so head on over there check it out smokinghotconfessions.com slash shop you're listening to the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with massive barbecue nerd Ben Arnott. Alrighty, Adam, this is the third part of the show. This is where our guest imparts some wisdom, imparts some knowledge, teaches a lesson for our uh, for our listeners and our viewers. So I'm going to throw it over to you. I've got my uh, my little notepad and my pen here. I'm going to pencil down a few questions, and it's all on you, mate. Um, probably the. The advice, I guess, or I don't know, advice, but knowledge I'd pass on is that if you do want a drum smoker and you don't want to be spending a lot of money, that it is something that is accessible for everybody. Um, as I said before, if you've got a drill and a drum, you've pretty much got a smoker. Uh, it doesn't have to be a daunting task. It's something that you can do in a couple of weekends, like if you've got kids, or, you know, do it as a family thing, get your kids involved. It, it's a really simple, um, a simple project that, you know, at the end of the day, you get to cook great food and uh, something that you can be proud of with your kids it doesn't have to look good um, just as long as it's functioning and um, yeah all you need is a drill and a drum so if anybody wants any ideas on on how to do that then they can message me through Facebook or Instagram and I'm more than happy to answer any questions and and as I always say when I'm you know welcoming new guests on the Facebook page there's no such thing as a dumb question but there's plenty of dumb answers so hopefully I won't give you any dumb answers but yeah, it's a fairly straightforward um, process to do, and it doesn't have to be something that you know you need to spend thousands of dollars on. Yeah, right. Okay, so is there a particular drum type that people should be looking for when they're looking to pick up a drum? Um, just a if they go to like a, a mechanics or a tire shop, anything that's had like a, you know motor oil in it is, is probably the best because they usually aren't lined. Um, they're usually raw inside, but it doesn't have to be a food grade. I obviously wouldn't get something that's like toxic, um, like you know, <laughs> nuclear material. But but I've also I've also um, when I was building before, a mate of mine is in drag racing, so he was getting ethanol drums from him. And um, obviously, when you're using anything that's had like something that's combustible, you have got to make sure you fill it up with water, soapy water, before you start cutting on it. Otherwise, it can explode. But um, yeah. If, they, if people just go to their, you know, their local tire shop, mechanic, they usually got drums that they want to get rid of. Or even if you've got like a resource center attached to your local tip, um, they've usually got drums down there too. Um, and it costs you a couple of bucks, if, if not for free. Um, just make sure, um, yeah, it hasn't had anything that's nasty inside it. Um, and even if it's got a sealed lid, like a closed drum, that's, that's not a problem as well because you can just grind around the outside and I can help you with that, tell you what to do, and you can take that 
uh, lid off then and you've got a removable lid. So if you can't find an open drum, an open top drum, a closed top drum's fine. Yeah, I've I've noticed that yours have the uh, the the flat lid on the top. So you um, mm. is that what you do with yours? Keep the lid on, put a no, hinge my, on. No, my ones are, my ones are open top drums. Um, and you can look in New South Wales. I know you can buy brand new, oh, not brand new. They're recycled drums from a place in Silver um, Seven Hills. So you can buy recycled drums um, that are open top, but um. Yeah, the open top ones usually have that clamp that goes around the side with a with screw that, or a bolt, you know, that clamps the lid down, <clears throat> or they've got like a little lever on the side. Um, so they're ideal if you can get one with a removable lid, but if you can't get that and you, all you have is a, a closed drum, then we can make that work too. Okay, and so then do you frisbee that, that lid or do you, and, and build a new lid, or do you use that as the... No, I, I use that lid. Um, I use the lid that comes with the drum. Because uh, yeah, it's the lid that came with it, so it fits perfectly, and um, I don't have to do any alterations to it apart from putting the exhaust and hinge and handles and things like that on top. Yeah, right. Cool. So, mm. what what sort of preparation needs to go into the drum before they can start building it? Well, if they're doing it at home and they don't want to sandblast it, um, they can also use um, paint stripper on the outside, or they can once they've drilled all the holes, just set a fire inside it and just let it burn for a couple of hours. And what they'll see is the paint on the outside will blister and, and go chalk-like, and that will burn the liner out on the inside and the paint on the outside. Once the fire goes out, then you can use a wire brush or a wire wheel on a grinder or a flat disc or a quick strip disc that goes on the grinder and just grind it all back to bare metal. Obviously wearing eyes and ears and, and you know, there's plenty of masks around, so wear a mask so you don't breathe any of that <laughs> rubbish in. And, um, yeah, once you do that, then um, you can, you know, prime the outside and paint the outside and then get the cheapest spray all you can and give it a quick spray inside so it doesn't uh, rust out and um, you're pretty much good to go once you build your charcoal basket and put a Weber rack in there. So a lot of the times you might be able to get a lot of the parts off a, a street cleanup, you know, they have those council cleanups or, the, you know, people are always chucking out Webers. So when you see them, grab the grills and grab the, the lid if you want and away you go. Yeah, it's almost too easy sometimes, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's it's such a great type of smoker. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think that some people think, oh, I can't do that. But really, it's very easy. And as I said, if you if you want to know, just just hit me up. I'm more than happy to chat with you and, and get you going if that's the way you want to go. Yeah, and of course, once again, if you want it all looking pretty with all the nice paint and all the and all that sort of stuff, yeah, buy it. Buy the right. whole thing complete, direct from you. Yeah, I've had some really good help along the way too with, with my parts, um, especially my charcoal basket. Um, a lot, I'm not sure, but a lot of guys know Larry Beercan Fisher. Um, he makes the BCF, which is uh, a charcoal uh, basket. And uh, when I was designing mine, everyone's got round ones, so I went with square, of course, which is putting a squared basket in a round drum makes for a few problems, but it works really well. But uh, Larry and... I, I talked to him a fair bit and he gave me some pointers on how he did his charcoal baskets. And pretty much anybody that has a charcoal basket um, is pretty much, whether it's square or round, has a contained ash in the bottom, is pretty much a copy of um, what Larry designed. Um, and that's what my, my uh, charcoal basket is. It's, um, you know, c catches the ash at the bottom so the ash doesn't go in your drum and you can just pull it out and tip it in the bin and it's good to go, whereas others might. When you take them out, they could spill out the sides and stuff like that. 
<clears throat> so you also would get that if you buy my drum or you can just buy the charcoal basket itself if you want to save yourself the trouble so good mate so good mm. we did have a couple mm. of quick questions come through here that i'm just going to put to you before we wrap up right um we have uh it says hot and fast info do you leave water basket or take out water I basket I don't have a water basket in some guys do smoke with a, like a, a water pan above the charcoal. Um, but I find in the drum, I don't need it. Um, there's plenty of moisture inside the, inside the drum. Um, and also I regularly spritz, um, my, any pork or, or beef that I, I'm, I'm cooking, even the lamb, I'll give it a bit of a spritz, um, just to put that moisture back on, but I don't have a water basket or a water pan in my smoker. But people can put them in there. You can put it on top of the diffuser if you want. That's not a problem. Okay, cool, cool. Next mm. one. Uh, please, a good, easy recipe for Aussie salmon. This, um, this Aussie I'll salmon's to, been really popular tonight. <laughs> I'll have to, I'll, I'll share the, um, when this goes on, I'll, I'll share the recipe in the comments, um, the one that I, I use, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Uh, and I think this one's the last one. Is there a website we can check prices? I don't have a website at the moment, but all the prices are on. I've got the social page, which um, everyone's on, but there's also a business page under the same name um, that has all the prices in the shop. But feel free just to send me a, a message um, if you can't find it. It's, it's on there, but if you can't find it for some reason, just shoot me a message. Um, it can be in the, the Instagram or Facebook. I mean, even on TikTok. So. You can send it to TikTok or you can just send it to my private message. It's not a problem. Um, and I, I can send a list to you or, you know, answer any questions you've got. But it's all on the um, Facebook business page. Awesome. Well, that wraps up the socials. Let's, uh, mm. let's um, have you give some uh, shout-outs and thanks and praise to people who've helped you out along the way. Um, I've got a bit of a, a small list, but... Um, Right at the start, when I started doing it, and the first, one of the first competitions I ran on my page, this guy called David from a little company I didn't know called Treat Your Meat, um, he jumped on and said, G'day, and introduced himself and said, oh, can I give you some rubs to chuck in your comp? And I was like, sweet, that's awesome. You know, this was all exciting and new for me. Like these people, like, you know, they're doing rubs and, you know, and stuff like that. Contacted me, I was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> um, and I said, sure. Um, and so David's been a mate for, for a while now as well. And, uh, so I wanted to give him a shout out. And, um, <clears throat> there was also a group of us that used to chat. So there was David and Wayne, Wayne, um, he's bought a, a, a lot of parts from me. He's, he's a really good mate. He's just probably, I think he's about an hour and a half, hour and 45 away from me, uh, North. So there was myself, uh, David, there was Wayne. Mark McDonald from MNC Smoking Rubs. Yeah, yeah. so he was he, he was in the chat group. And Frank from Franco um, Barbecue, he's on Instagram as well. So we used to be in a big chat group. Um, and so these were guys that we used to knock around with and, and chat with um, and, you know, toss our ideas around. Mark's bought parts off me, and, and I actually met up with him on the way to see Russ at, at South Australia. He bought a lot of parts from me, and, and um, I got his um, rubs into it. Uh, a butcher down near me that I actually built a drum for um, <clears throat> at um, VNC at South Narrow. There's a butcher in there called Long Paddock, and um, my mate Shane works there. And Shane's a you might know him as um, the South Coast Rub guy. So he he stocks some of Mark's um, um, pastrami rub, which is probably one of the best pastrami rubs around. So um, so yeah, th those guys, you know, from the start, we we, we had a little 
you know, chat, Facebook chat group that we used to knock about with. Um, so yeah, just wanted to say, you know, thanks to them because they, they gave some good feedback with stuff and helped. Um, obviously I spoke about Russ and uh, Tom from Smoking Passes, Aaron from Low and Slow. When, when I first kicked off, um, I used to chat to Aaron a bit as well about stuff and um, he's seen how well he's doing. He's just smashing it. So um, yeah, just want to acknowledge him. Another big legend, Chris from the Smoker Baker. Chris has been from the start, just just been a, a top bloke. He's a real good mate. I'm actually looking forward, really looking forward to catching up with him at the Sydney Meat Stock. Um, I met Jim from Olive Pip along the way, and uh, yeah, Jim's a really nice bloke. We actually we were talking about building smokers and stuff like that. He had some specific ideas that we we're, were looking at doing, and uh, there are some really good ideas actually. Um, <clears throat> but really nice guy. Um, there's just so many nice guys and nice guys and girls in this barbecue scene. So getting into it has been been great for me because just just opened my eyes up to a whole new world and all these great people I've been meeting along the way. Um, I've probably forgotten people, but um, I'm not sure. Yeah, it, it's just there's so many great guys um, that have just helped me along this journey, and um, you know. I'd, I'd thank them all if I could remember them all, but um, yeah, they're, they're the ones, the main ones I could think of. Um, but I'm sure I've forgotten some other awesome people, um, like Dean. You know, I know Dean's been smashing the comments. Like Dean and I have been chatting a fair bit too, and and he, he and his daughter Chloe, and um, yeah, it just just makes me so happy to see you know father and daughter doing stuff together like that, like I do with my girls and my son. Um, so just yeah. It's good to see, isn't it? Really good to see. Yeah, it's just too too many nice people out there. Um, we, we could spend all night just saying names of people that are just just absolute legends in, in uh, and just just brilliant at what they do and what they bring to barbecue. So, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm look these guys. Are, I'm honoured to know and and call them mates and stuff. So it's a you know a real privilege and honour for me. Yeah, no doubt about that at all. Look, that's a good time for us to start to, to, to wrap this up. So I'm going to say thanks very much for your time and please enjoy the rest of your Easter weekend. Yeah, thank you, Ben. We really appreciate you having me on. And um, yeah, it's a real privilege and honor for me to be on your show. So thank you very much. You're welcome. I'll see you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you. All righty, folks. There you have it. That was Adam York from Ugly Drum Smokers Australia. And he's right. They're not ugly anymore. We need to change that name. We need to start a new hashtag. Uh, what did we come up with? Was it um, uh, Beautiful Drum Smoker Machines or Beautiful Drum Smoker Mates? Something like that. We need, a, we need an M on the end. We need to make that happen. Change that name. Start a new hashtag. I want to see TikTok videos. I want to see Twitter posts. I want to see all of it. Let's have a new... Uh, Let's have a new name for those drums. Anyway, check him out. He's got his Facebook page there, Ugly Drum Smokers Australia. His shop is actually in his Facebook page. You can go there, check out check out all his products. He's got them all up. They're great-looking stuff. Um, you've seen them as I've been running around different barbecue competitions and interviewing different people. You've seen them, as I said, in the background of the interview we did a little while ago with... Um, with Russ Cole from, uh, from Natural Smoke. So check that out. Really good stuff. And we just want to say thanks very much for, for having Adam on tonight. As I said, this weekend is very important to him, and I really appreciate him taking that time out to, uh, to hang out and talk barbecue. So until next time, take care of each other and keep on queuing. Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips, and Ben's own confessions. <laughs>